Today we're going to be talking about how to finance your leather bag collection. <laughs> so get ready to talk numbers. Welcome to the Pebbled Leather Podcast, where we love smooth and pebbled leathers. My name is Lisa Goddard, and I can't seem to stop talking about leather bags. Be sure to subscribe. I post new episodes every Wednesday. The title of today's episode is Spending and Selling, How to Finance Your Leather Bag Collection. And I'll be discussing the results of an anonymous survey many of you took on this topic, so it's going to get very interesting. (laughs) Grab your leather bag and let's get going. Happy podcast day, everyone. I hope you're doing well. If my voice sounds a little funky, it's because all of us here in my family have been getting over colds just kind of like the last week or maybe even more than that maybe it's been two weeks I don't know we've just been all like snotty and sore throats and coughs and the whole thing and we took COVID tests and I'm so thankful to say that they were negative but you know it's just that time of year like germs they happen so Time for your three-question quiz this week. We'll use the honor system so you'll be grading yourself. You earn one point for each correct answer. If you get all three points, you have my permission to go out and buy a brand new bag. (laughs) If you only get two points, you must buy the bag used. If you get one point, wait a bit longer. And if you get zero points today, you have to list a bag for sale. Are you ready? (laughs) Which country produces the most leather? Hmm. Number two, is there any color that you can't dye leather? And number three, what is it called when you sew a stitch that has both sides exposed? Get your red pens ready. Number one is China. Number two, no, you can dye leather any color possible. It's All colors are possible. (laughs) And then number three, it is saddle stitching. It requires two threads alternating. And the advantage of that is if one later breaks, the piece remains durable and it doesn't start to come apart because, you know, you've got that double threading. So that is saddle stitching. My personal pick this week is WP Standard. This is not sponsored, you guys, but if you haven't checked out this brand, definitely do so, wpstandard.com. I had my eye on this brand for a number of years and only recently um, have been um, actually wearing their bags and really liking them, so definitely check them out. Also, please join the Facebook group. It's called WP Standard Fans. Um, Check that out. It is growing and we want you to be a part of it. Here's what I'm carrying in my back pocket this week. 
you know that interior pocket in the back of your leather bag? <laughs> well, this week I'm carrying something special in there. Um, and you know the expression to carry something in your back pocket. It means, you know, to keep something with you at all times just in case you're going to need it. And the little thing that I need as a reminder, a visual reminder for myself this week has been so far, and I know it's going to carry me through the week well, it's a little plastic gem that is blue, and it has the word docility on it. I don't know if you're familiar with this word, but it's a great word. Docility, it, it is to remind me to be impressionable by seeking the counsel and taking the advice of the people I admire. It is continuing to be malleable in God's hands. It's having a willingness basically to be taught and it's always being ready to learn from my mistakes, my circumstances, whatever it is, and to want to improve. And add on to that, you guys, this is hard. I really feel it is also embracing interruptions and annoyances because I truly believe that God permits these things in our days in order to sanctify us. So I am trying to just be more docile, be more teachable, be more malleable um, in whatever life hands me on a given day. So anyway, I hope you and all of our listeners will join me this week by putting a little something in your bag's back pocket to remind you to cultivate the virtue of docility this week. It could be, you know, the name of a person you aspire to be like. It could be the phone number of a person you should call soon to get their advice on something. Whatever it is, do it to remind yourself to be influenced by God's nudging. <laughs> okay, let's get into the meat and potatoes, the main course of this podcast episode, okay? <laughs> let's talk about spending and selling and saving and how to finance your leather bag collection. Now, I'm not going to tell you my personal finances or anything here, but I'll give you some general advice, which I have learned from others, which I hope will help you. And much of this advice comes from interviewing people who have beautiful leather bag collections that I admire, but these people also are making wise financial choices and they're not buying impulsively. So I feel like I have some good nuggets of wisdom to share with you. But I want to begin with a few caveats. Most importantly, don't let your leather bag collection impact your family finances and those responsibilities. That's very important. Don't let it impact your ability to save for emergencies or for the future. That's also important. Don't let it impact your ability to set money aside for your kid's college tuition. Don't let it impact your ability to give generously to your church or to the charities you support. I think it's important to keep your leather bag money separate from your family's money, if that makes sense. And I would also really encourage you, and this was recommended to a friend of mine, uh, to me by a friend of mine, to keep a spreadsheet on your computer so that you know how much money is coming in and how much money is going out for this little side passion project that you might have. I think that's really important. And if you're just beginning to, you know, start your 
curated collection, if you're just beginning to build your um, collection of leather bags, and if you're starting out with, you know, zero dollars, for example, take Danae Hobby's suggestion from the perfect leather bag. If you haven't listened to my interview yet with her, definitely go back and check out that episode here on the podcast, or you can view it on our YouTube channels. It starts over at hers, which is youtube.com slash the perfect leather bag, and then it continues over on mine, part two, youtube.com slash Lisa Goddard. Anyway, Danae told me how she, you know, how she got started. She, she bought used bags at Goodwill. She photographed them in perfect lighting at home with nice backgrounds. You know, she made it look pretty. And then she sold those bags on eBay and she made money. And they weren't all leather bags. But I think it's so cool that she found a creative way to generate income for her leather bags, right? For what she wanted to buy without impacting her family finances. So you could do this, you know, with any brand name piece that you find at a thrift store. And it doesn't just have to be bags. It could be clothing too. Um, You know, but I, I just love, I love that example that she gave. And if you're married, I would suggest that you include your spouse on these decisions. Decide on a monthly budget. Decide on a set stock amount that you will stick to. Um, an inventory, as it will, as it were. You know, maybe maybe for you it's five bags, or maybe it's ten bags. Whatever is right for you, decide on that with your spouse and. Once you have some money saved or, you know, if you receive any gift money throughout the year and you've reached the time where you're ready, you know, to go buy a bag, just remember that buying pre-owned is a great way to get what you want and save a ton of money. And it's also a great way to test out a brand without making such a big financial commitment. You might try the brand in this way and find out, uh, it's not what I want. Or you might find it and say, yeah, you know what? I love this. I'm going to buy new from them next time. So it's just a great way uh, to try things out. And often when you buy used, it's a 50% or more discount off the retail price. Plus, you know what that bag is going to look like. There's no wondering what kind of leather hide your bag will be made out of. Like when you order premium leather, straight brand new, you know? Because when you buy used, you get to actually see the bag you're buying. You can zoom in on that photograph. You can see the front and the back of the bag. You can see all of its perfections and all its uniqueness and and really be informed about what you're buying. So I think there's a lot of advantage to buying used. And then once you've collected a few bags, you have to realize something. (laughs) Once you've collected those favorite bags of yours, you have to realize that you have frozen those assets. You have to store those bags and storing takes up space. So whatever you decide to use and store, make sure that you like it. If it's going to take up space in your home, make sure you like it. And if you're not reaching for it regularly, it probably needs to go. More often than not, I would say bags probably need to go, right? Like it's hard to find the perfect leather bag, (laughs) but, um, 
you know, if you're not reaching for it all the time, whatever it is, it just doesn't suit you. Maybe it's not the right size or it's not the right color or whatever it is. Let it go, right? Let it go. Like the Frozen song, let it go. Okay. So to liquidate those, those funds that are tied up and frozen in those bags and to give yourself the ability to buy other bags, then what you want to do is whittle down your collection to only your favorites and sell the ones that you don't like. And as you do this, you'll liquidate funds again, which is going to allow you to buy another bag. Now, you may not always want to buy another bag with the money, you know, that you earn from sales, and that's okay. Like, I sold a bag recently for $100, and I ended up spending 75 of those dollars on these cute little felt pennants that hang on my three children's bedroom doors. They were pricey. They were $25 each. But it was something I had wanted for them for a while. They actually say on them born to be a saint. I just think they're so pretty. You know, shout out to Studio Sen. That's Studio Sen with two N's dot com. Not sponsored by the way, but I just think they're so cute. And my daughter has the pink one and our two sons have, you know, the two different shades of of blue pennants that she sells. And that's something I wanted to splurge on. So I bring up this example because I chose to splurge on those felt pennants for our kids with the money that you know, was already earmarked as being separate from our family finances, if that makes sense. But, you know, at that time, I wanted those pennants for my children more than a bag. And so that's why I blew my bag income on that. You know what I mean? (laughs) So anyway, if you buy a bag new, I would have these suggestions for you. Always tuck the receipt into the back slip pocket in the bag. Or, you know, if you don't have that, jot a note on a 3 by 5 note card saying when you bought it, where from, and for how much. And if you get a business card with the bag, keep it. If there are tags to cut, keep them inside, you know, that back pocket. Do all these things just in case you ever decide to sell it in the future. Because I feel like the next potential owner will be thrilled with these gems and will be more likely to buy from you if you've saved them. Of course, if you've kept your receipt, like obviously make sure your card information is not on there and you don't have to give them your receipt, but it's good for you to know, you know, how much you spent on that bag when you're listing it. And then when it comes time to sell, um, I just want to tell you, like I've had great success with eBay with Macari, with Poshmark, Trade-Z. Um, and those those online forums, platforms, whatever you want to call them, they're fantastic. But do keep in mind and do your research and find out what percentage of the sale is going is going to be taken from um from you uh, by that service that you're using. And then decide, you know, if you need to increase your price, your sale price, so as to cover those fees or if you're okay with it and and each each one functions differently you know so definitely read read what you can to be educated there and then there's also bst groups that stands for buy sell trade um, on facebook and and usually they're organized by brand so if you like a particular brand like i mentioned wp standard for example you know go to that website because you're going to be around other people then who 
are in that BST group to talk about the brand that they like, to share photos of the bags that they have. And then usually there's a thread in there where, you know, maybe once a month there will be postings of people who want to part with bags. Um, and then, you know, you've got kind of like an insider's look at what's for sale before it would then make its way to eBay or something like that. And if you do that route, just make sure that you use a payment method that offers purchase protection, like PayPal goods and services, um, just, you know, just to be safe. So anyway, with all that said, (laughs) many of you so very kindly took an anonymous survey for me last week, and I got to learn so much about the spending, selling, and saving habits of my listeners. And I just want to thank you so much for those of you that took the time uh, to take the survey, and we're going to discuss those results right now. And I think you'll, I think you'll be fascinated. I was fascinated. I couldn't wait to see your habits and compare them to my own. Quite frankly, okay. So one of the questions I asked um, was approximately how many leather bags do you currently own? And 30% of you responded that you have less than 10. 30% responded that you have 10 to 20 bags. 20% of you responded 21 to 40 bags. And 20% of you responded that you have uh, 41 to 100 bags in your collection. So I thought that was pretty cool. I felt like there was sort of an equal distribution between those categories. Okay, uh, the next question I asked was, in one month, how many new bags, new to you bags, uh, do you typically purchase? And hands down, every single person who did the survey said um, they purchase somewhere between one and three bags in a month. So I thought that was very interesting. And then my next question was, in one month, how many bags do you typically sell? And again, 100% of you answered one to three bags. And I thought that was just so cool and fascinating. So all of you are buying maybe say three bags in the month, but then you're also selling three bags in the month. And I love that because that to me sounds, at least on paper, it looks pretty financially responsible. Um, because you're maybe not buying until you have sold. And, you know, you could be losing some money. We'll talk in a moment about how much most people recoup on a sale. Um, But I just think that's really cool that what's coming in is going out the same amount. So that's really awesome. Okay, my next question was, how involved is your spouse or significant other in knowing, um, you know, when you're going to purchase your next bag? Uh, 10% of you said very much, 20% of you said somewhat, 50% of you said not much, and 20% of you said not at all. So that was interesting. And I'm going to say probably all of us need to work to be more in the very much category, unless of course you know, you've already talked to your spouse and you already have, like I said, this separate funding for the bags, you know, then if you're being responsible there and you're making sure you're not 
tapping into your family's finances, or if you need to, that you're, you know, being transparent with your spouse, then perhaps I could understand where you would say, you know, I don't need to discuss with my spouse because, you know, it's, it's coming from the bag fund, which I'm funding by selling bags. Okay, next question was, how long do you carry a new-to-you bag before you start to choose it less often because it is no longer new and exciting? (laughs) So the answers were uh, 30% of you said two weeks, 20% of you said three to four weeks, 10% of you said two to three months, 10% of you said four to six months, and 30% of you said one year or more. So the two highest uh, scoring answers there were either over a year or two weeks. And as soon as I saw the answer of two weeks, I thought, that's interesting because a lot of people are paid every other week. And so it made me wonder, like in a two-week pay period, you know, could that be part of the reason why somebody starts to think, okay, I'm, I'm over this bag, I want to try for another one. And I would argue perhaps that would be indicative indicative of, okay, we need to move away from scheduling purchases with the paycheck because that would imply that we're using the family finances and we don't want to do that. We want to try to not have it impact the family, if that makes sense. Next question, how long do you typically keep a bag before you sell it? Nobody responded one week. 10% of you responded two weeks. Um, Nobody responded for three to four weeks, but 10% of you responded within two to three months. 20% of you responded within four to six months. 20% of you responded one to two years. 10% of you responded two to three years. And 30% of you responded four or more years. Um, oh, that was 30%. Okay, so that was the majority. So most of you are holding on to a bag for over four years before you sell it. And then the next two common categories are somewhere between four and six months and one to two years. So I thought that was interesting. Um, so either the people, you know, are going to turn around and sell that bag right away within the first two weeks because they know they don't like it. Or they're going to hang on to it longer, you know, six months or more. Here's a question I thought that was interesting. I said, uh, when you sell a bag, approximately what percentage of your original purchase value is retained? So, for example, you might say that when you sell a bag, you get 50% back, you know, on what you spent on it. So, uh, 20% of you said that you get nothing because you donate or you give away. And I thought that was really awesome. 30% of you said that you get about 50 to 60% back. Uh, 20% of you said you get somewhere around 70 to 75% back. 10% of you said 80% back. And this was interesting. 20% said 90 to 110%. And I thought that was very interesting that two people responded in that category 
And actually, I should explain, this was not a multiple choice answer. This was a write-in, so people could tell me the range of what they get. So I did not expect anybody to go over 100%, but two people did. So it makes me wonder if they already had purchased the bag used to begin with, and then they listed it again for sale a little bit more than what they purchased it for, but it was already still a really low price, lower than retail, I should say. So that's kind of interesting. Um, okay, and one last question here. On average, what is the amount of money you spend on one bag? So 20% of the people who responded to my survey said $100. 30% of you said $150, 10% of you said $200, 20% of you said $250, 10% said $275, and then 10% said somewhere between $300 to $400. So in those answers, I would say... Um, Half of you are 150 or below, $150 or below, and half of you are spending more than 200 So that was kind of interesting to see that we were so evenly split there. I thought that was interesting. And then as I was looking over all this data, I, I wanted to make one conclusion that I saw of course I couldn't like everything was anonymous so I don't know who was answering and I couldn't like go back for follow-up questions or anything like that but I was able to click and see um, not only you know everybody's answer to one question but I could also click on one particular person's response and see how they answered on all the questions and I thought it was interesting to note that those who admitted to spending the most money actually consulted the most with their spouse and I thought that was a really cool trend to see that the more money that was spent the more they consulted with their spouse and I was like okay you know that's good that's a good thing so anyway so thank you to all of you who had fun taking that survey we'll do more surveys like that because um, I, I loved it. I want to do that again. If you have any questions, suggestions for me, definitely let me know at lisalovesleather at gmail.com. Okay, your handbag homework or your bag business this week is to get that spreadsheet started, okay? And start talking more to your spouse. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Pebbled Leather Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this discussion of how to finance your leather bag collection. If you have any other great tips, please definitely reach out to me. I am all about learning. Please be sure to follow me on Instagram at Lisa Loves Leather. Watch my bag reviews at youtube.com slash Lisa Goddard. 
and please search for the Pebbled Leather Podcast in the group section of Facebook to chat with me and connect with other listeners. We'll see you on Wednesday for our next episode. In the meantime, spread the word and please share on social media. And until then, keep loving that leather bag. Bye, everyone. Thank you.